Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Madison, Mississippi. Thanks for joining me today. I don't know when you're listening to this, but this is Wednesday, and we're just four or five days after finding out about attacks from Hamas in Israel and the ongoing response of the Israeli government. As we are digesting all that, I just can't help but think about what the Bible has to say about end times. So this week I decided to read First uh, Thessalonians um, and Second Thessalonians. I'm just not quite there yet. Um, but these are two letters that talk about uh, the return of Jesus. And so, I don't know, it just seemed appropriate to do that. We know that the Bible talks about uh, Jesus coming back, about trials and tribulations and judgments that are going to happen at that point. Uh, there's a lot of different ideas about how all that will look and uh, what, t- what the sequence of events might be. At times in my life, there have been sharp divides between believers about that theology, that area of theology that we call eschatology or the study of end times. It's interesting to hear the different points of view and ideas, uh, but I don't think arguing about the sequence of events is the right thing way for us to think in light of the coming of Jesus. I mean, what should we do? What's what's really a biblical approach to how we should view the coming of Jesus and what we should think or do? Uh, so here's some ideas from 1 Thessalonians. First of all, we should wait expectantly. 1 Corinthians 1 says, Wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus. Do we have a real expectation of Jesus' imminent return? Do, is that something that we think about often? Recently, there was a, a viral meme um, about women asking men how often they thought about the Roman Empire. I don't know if you saw that or not, but the men always seem to respond like daily or weekly or something like that. I'm not sure what that was all about, but... For believers, the return of Christ should be something that is on our minds, if not daily, at least regularly. It should be, uh, we should be affected by that and think about it. And our lives should be different because we have that expectation. So I just want to ask you right now, how would you live differently if you knew that Jesus was coming back at the end of the week? What difference would that make in the way that you thought or acted lived. Jesus told a story about um, being expectant. He told a story about uh, foolish bridesmaids who weren't ready for the bridegroom to come, and then his coming surprised them, and they weren't prepared. So as believers, we don't want to be like that. We want to be prepared. Um, And so, um, you know, we need to be expectant and let our lives flow out of that expectancy about uh, Jesus coming back. So think about that. What would you do differently? What are some activities that would become suddenly less important and some that might become more important? What about your interactions with people, your thoughts, your priorities? There'd be things that would be different if you thought Jesus was coming back at the end of the week. 1 Thessalonians 4 says, Brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this and more. So in light of his return, 
I think you would live to please God. Secondly, I think it would make a difference the way that you treat the gospel. Uh, I think if you are thinking about the coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, then you will share the gospel boldly. First uh, Thessalonians 2 says this, With the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. We speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. So if you knew that Jesus was coming back at the end of the week, don't you think that would change the way you see the people around you, especially people that you know don't know Jesus, that, that need the gospel? Would you pass by them as easily as you might right now? What about the people that would be um, really resistant to hearing the gospel or, or having you speak about Jesus? Uh, here Paul says, even in the face of strong opposition, they shared the gospel. Paul did that because he had a sense of urgency about the coming back of, of Jesus. Uh, and so he shared boldly. I think if you knew there were just days left, I think you would be bold. I mean, what would you have to lose in terms of rejection or persecution? So if that's the way we would act, if Jesus' coming was, was obviously imminent to us, then we should treat those people right now the same way. Uh, we should be ready to share the gospel. Uh, thirdly, I think it would affect the way we live um, in, as we walk before the Lord. First um, Thessalonians says, May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God our Father when the Lord Jesus comes. And again it says, May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's really actually three times here in this short letter where it mentions the coming of Christ and then alongside of it, it says um, that we should be blameless or holy or both of those things. Um, I think if you knew that the Lord was coming back, it would change the way uh, you approached your own personal holiness, your own personal walk with God. Uh, if those days were obviously short, I don't think you would be careless about sin or about walking with him. Furthermore, uh, 1 uh, Thessalonians excuse me, says that we should encourage those who struggle. Here's a great passage. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then it says, And so we will forever be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. How can the second coming be an encouragement? Well, the second coming of Jesus is good news for those who are hurting. Pain here on earth is temporary. No matter how difficult or dark the things that we're walking through, that pain is going to be taken away by the second coming. In fact, everything that is painful here on earth will be taken away for believers by the return of Jesus. Here's what Revelation 21 says about the new heaven. It says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Here's one other thing that 1 Thessalonians says about the way we should live in light of Jesus coming back. Uh, I think 
it says that we should live in peace with brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's the passage. Live in peace with each other. Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that no one pays back wrong for wrong, but strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. If we knew that Jesus was coming back at the end of the week, that would change the way we look at our grievances against one another. How small and petty and silly they might look if everything here on earth for us was going to end at the end of the end of the week. In the in light of eternity, there's nothing that shouldn't be forgiven here on earth. We're going to live with one another at peace forever in heaven. And that's the way we should live with one another here on earth. There's no offense. There's no thing that is too great for us to forgive here on earth with the ones that we're going to share heaven with forever. So it says live in peace. It says warn those who are disruptive. You know, we should enter in and, and help people to recognize when they're disrupting the peace in the body of Christ. It says be patient with everyone. Every one of us is going to have people in our lives who we need to exercise patience with. Uh, it says make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. So, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It's not our place to judge. In fact, the second coming will handle all of that. Uh, it, it, it is uh, the time when ev- everything will be judged. Uh, every injustice will be judged. Uh, and it's not our place to do that, and certainly not within the, the body of Christ. Uh, we are not to take out God's vengeance uh, because we're not God. Uh, and it says we should strive to do good for each other. Uh, that should be our focus, not getting uh, what what I think I deserve, um, but instead giving forgiveness because that's what's good for one another and for everyone else. Hope you have a great week. Thank you.